Sitting Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy, and welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast, your podcast that goes behind the scenes at the State House. I just added that tagline, Scott. What do you think? I'd like to welcome, once again, my colleague, my partner in crime, Scott Flatton. Are you running your air conditioner yet? Because nobody seems to be running their air conditioner in any building that I walk into here lately. It's so hot. Oh, because you're, okay, yeah, we're running our AC. Well, Scott, let's remind our listeners, we've had this conversation before. If it is below, if it's negative 10, you are mildly comfortable. But, you know, so you go over to the state house, and we're going to get to the, to the, to the half things last week. But it's just not an attractive look when you're spitting right. uh, <laughs> after having just walked a block. You know, it's crazy. Do you not carry some sort of handkerchief or something so you can dab you know, your forehead? You know, the Cordial Churchman sent me a very nice pocket square with my last order, uh, a complimentary pocket square. I need to start putting that in my pocket so I can dab. Yeah, as I, uh, I think that's as a very gentlemanly look. All right, Scott, last week at the State House. It was a short week for the Senate. The Senate came in Tuesday, Wednesday, not Thursday. The point of that was to give Senate Finance Committee a chance to meet and get start get started on its version of the budget. Um, the House met last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They took up several bills. Their calendar is not very long. They've been working through bills um, pretty well, so they're gonna um, they're gonna keep they're gonna keep working uh, this week. And a couple things happened last week that I wanna that I want us to touch on. Uh, good news first: Senate Bill 271 it extends the abandoned buildings revitalization uh, tax credit. It extends that until 2025. Is that right? Yep, end of 2025. And that also that was kind of a two for one. It was a bogo. Um, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. we also had an amendment put in in the Senate that deals with the textile um, revitalization tax credit, correct? Correct, yes. It, it expanded, that amendment expanded the uh, the, the kinds of uh, intervening connectors, uh, public roads, private roads, that kind of thing, uh, to uh, allow for more properties to qualify for the textiles tax credit. So this um, this bill really address two of the um, advocacy initiatives for cities and towns. So that's a good news uh, for last week. That's a, that's a big win um, that I'm, I'm so thrilled about, and it, we didn't really have any trouble with it. So I'm no. glad to report that to everybody. Yeah, I had a lot of natural partners with that, particularly in the private right. industry who were pushing for it. And so it'll, it's got, it, it'll get ratified and then go to the governor for his signature or veto, and we will right. assume and hope that he's going to sign it. So, uh, and then that'll just, that'll just, there's no effective date for it in terms of for it to start. It just right. will continue to okay. keep that tax credit going. So if, uh, if cities have developers who are working on those kinds of projects, they don't have to worry about any sort of interruption to that tax credit until, uh, we get into 2025. And of course, we'll be working again to extend it. And 
preferably we want to put it in the permanent, make it permanent law. Right, um, right. But if we uh, have to extend it again, we'll we'll do it yet again. Scott, let's talk about, um, let's briefly mention the Senate Bill 40 that passed out of a House subcommittee last Thursday. Um, the bill that had already passed the Senate that deals with municipal parking, the House Education and Public Works Transportation Subcommittee uh, held two meetings, one in the morning, one in the afternoon last Thursday, and they dealt with um, a lot of testimony yep. um, for the bill, against the bill, and they passed that bill out untouched. Is that that is an accurate yeah. account, correct, since yeah. you were there? The, yeah, the, the bill as amended in the Senate uh, passed out of that uh, House subcommittee on Thursday. Uh, as you said, there was a lot of testimony on that. We were there. We did not testify, uh, but Secretary, uh, DOT Secretary Christy Hall was there. Right. Uh, Isle Palms Mayor Jimmy Carroll testified. Uh, Representative Joe Bustos from, uh, Mount Pleasant testified. So, uh, you know, there's a, as was testified to, there's been a lot of emotion tied to this issue mm-hmm. since last year. Uh, but the uh, subcommittee, and the subcommittee acknowledged that and understood it. But ultimately, uh, that was a unanimous vote out of the subcommittee. So it'll go to the full EPW committee, and uh, they'll take it up, and we'll see uh, see if it continues forward. Fantastic. Now let's talk. Should we talk a little workers' comp or budget? Let either one. Your, cho- I don't your care. choice. Your choice. Yeah, let's, let's, choice. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the budget, the Senate Finance Budget, okay. and and the proviso that was. Added to the Senate's version of the budget in Senate, Senate finance, finance last week. Right. Yeah. Right. Senate, so, Senate Finance Committee still has the has the budget in its hands. Right. The so Senate Finance Committee started Tuesday last Tuesday afternoon working on their version of the budget. Uh, Chairman Leatherman had a minor um, medical procedure, so he was not there. President Harvey Peeler was um, running the show. And they only did provisos last week. So they met Tuesday and Wednesday, and they only worked on provisos. They're going to start money tomorrow. Um, so what – And, of course provi- – Go ahead. But you were, you were getting ready to explain it. Go ahead. Okay. No, yeah. please. Do it. No, no. You were getting ready to explain what a proviso is. I was going to – Right. A, a proviso you, is a <laughs> – yeah. A proviso directs agencies or groups or um, governments – how to spend money or what to do. It's a small change for only one year that is added to the budget that directs money to be spent in some way. Valid? Yes, and often provisos are used to in the attempt to accomplish something that failed by way of a bill. So right. if, if I couldn't get a bill passed to address some particular issue, then the next best thing is to get it added as a proviso into the budget. That's right. If it if it can survive the germaneness tests that might confront it uh, during the debate on the budget in the Senate and the House. That's right, because the Senate has some pretty um, some pretty tough uh, germaneness rules that you have to yeah. follow. So um, anyway, let's talk. We so the provisos that we mentioned. I guess, on last week's podcast about less than audits um, and the return of money that the Treasurer's Office is, be, is, is holding, uh, local government fund money for not submitting audits. 
Those made it in the Senate Finance Committee version of the budget, um, as did another proviso. And, Scott, you want to briefly explain that proviso to everybody? Yeah. So Senator Ronnie Cromer from Newberry introduced a proviso that would exempt for one year initially, would exempt title insurance companies and their agents from paying a the municipal business license tax on the gross premiums that they charge customers for title insurance policies. So bottom line is, if this uh, proviso survives, then it could potentially cost cities and towns across the state um, up to probably about $2.8 million, top, you okay. know, top line. Bottom line, right. you know, it would be around $1.9 million. So okay. it's a significant, it's a significant cut in the revenues of the insurance tax collection programs that the municipal association runs on behalf of all 271 cities and towns across the state, which translates into, uh, more cuts in revenue for cities and towns across the state, recurring revenue. And, uh, you right. know, obviously there are uh, varying degrees of revenue that are coming to cities and towns in the future, uh, but uh, this is a recurring revenue source that would be negatively affected. We, uh, you know, we're following this and, and uh, keeping, an eye, keeping an eye on how this thing moves forward and making Absolutely. decisions about how we can uh, protect those recurring revenues for for cities and towns across the state. Right, right. Perfect. Um, is that everything in the budget that we need to talk about? So Senate Finance Committee plans to meet tomorrow morning um, to start talking money. And if everybody remembers, they just got word from um, the BEA that they increased our revenue estimate by a billion, like a B billion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Senate, which is classic, has more money to um, budget with, more money to work with than the House does, than the House version once they, once they, when they dealt with it back in March. Well, Casey, 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 tell our listener, I mean, our listeners probably wondering, well, if they met on the budget all last week, what, what do you mean they're, they weren't talking money. They were they were only talking about and deliberating in, fi- in the finance committee the provisos. That's right. That's this right. Week, they have not even week, they have not even yeah. started on money yet. Yeah. This this week is the week that they'll start actually putting dollars onto that's right. onto the lines of the budget. So and you know uh, Scott during during Senate Finance Committee. Um, I think it was last Wednesday that Mike Sheely, who is the budget director for Senate Finance, he said, we've got more money. And we've heard from a lot of people as yep. to what everybody's priorities are. And he said it's going to take the Senate Finance, the committee staff over the weekend to figure out how to, you know, how, how to, how to figure this out. Sometimes having more money is a little bit harder than having no money. Yeah, it creates a whole lot more opportunity for fights over that money. When you That's when right. you don't have when you don't have much to fight about at the, at the state budget level, then there's not much fighting. But when there's a lot of money up for grabs, then that's when uh, that's when it can get a little scrappy. So that's little, right. it's right. going to be 
going to be interesting to watch in just in the at the committee level, and then of course uh, once the budget gets on the floor, that's where a lot of uh, even more scrapping can take place. Right. We we've still got a, a while to go because I I anticipate Senate Finance finishing this week um, with the money. Yeah. They'll put it with the provisos. They'll make sure it's balanced, and then you got to give it a couple weeks before it can go on the floor. So they're cutting it pretty close um, to signy die, but uh, which is the adjournment date. Um, but I, I anticipate that coming up pretty quick, and then we'll have to get a conference. Um, I think there's only been one budget that I've worked on in my career that has not gone to conference, and I believe that was a year when there was no money. So right. Um <laughs> little bit of history there. Um, so now let's let's wrap it up with a little workers' comp. Yeah. Um, the – House, the House Judiciary Special Law Subcommittee last week took up House Bill 3939, and this is a bill that would allow law enforcement officers to file a workers' comp claim uh, based on a mental injury. So just like just like with the PTSD bill, uh, Senate Bill 94, that's on, still on the Senate calendar, um, except it covers a broader number of first responders, this bill would do away with the requirement that you have a physical injury before okay. or along with your mental injury in order to get a have a workers' comp claim be compensable. So right now, if you want to claim that you have PTSD and file for a workers' comp, that's not by itself good enough. You have to also have a physical injury. House Bill 3939 would say you don't need that physical injury. You can now file a workers' comp claim just based on the mental injury that uh, you're diagnosed with. Okay. The different so, but and and but the House bill is quite a bit different from the Senate bill in that the House bill allows for any mental condition to be compensable rather than just, just PTSD. PTSD. Okay. So, right. so we at the Municipal Association and Joni Nickel on our staff um, worked to try and get a subcommittee member to offer an amendment to the bill that would limit it to a PTSD diagnosis and the standard for that diagnosis would run through uh, a what's called the DSM-5 standard, uh-huh. which is a diagnostic tool that is uh, promulgated by the American Psychiatric Association, and it's used by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to make okay. PTSD diagnoses. We, she and I both, worked on the subcommittee members in an attempt to get one of them to offer that amendment, and none of them chose to do so. None of them agreed to do this. Now, the interesting part is that the sponsor of the bill, Representative mm-hmm. Tommy Pope from Clover, uh, right. and who is also the Speaker Pro Tem of the House, uh, testified in front of the subcommittee that he supported our um desire to, at the very least, get the DSM-5 diagnosis guidelines adopted as a part of the amendment. Huh. And And nobody would offer an amendment for the secret pretend? They did did not do that. 
So okay. that bill, 3939, was passed out of subcommittee to the full Judiciary Committee as written uh, without any amendments. Um, okay. Of course, this will cause, if it were to pass the way it's written, uh, it would cause uh, workers' comp premiums to increase for cities and towns right. across the state and counties and for the state accident fund, which is the state yeah. the state's workers' comp fund. It would cause premiums to rise there. Um, but our interest, particularly with the, the DSM-5 guidelines, is to try and reduce the opportunity for abuse of the system. So, okay. you know, the way it's written now, what you can imagine is that someone could go to a family doctor who right. would say, yep, you've got a mental injury and I'm going to certify that or I'll, you know, you know, I'll attest that you are, you have this mental injury and you can no longer work in your job. And presumably that would be enough for a workers' comp claim to be filed and paid. And, sure. you know, I don't think any state legislators and certainly cities and towns don't want to uh, to they want to limit abuse, but sure. that's not to say that we don't support first responders. Obviously, no, obviously we, we, we do. do. Yeah. Um, you know, we the uh, the two PTSD treatment services that uh, we have pushed for at the association to be funded through the state budget on a recurring basis is underway. The the house put recurring funding for those two programs for right. the firefighters program and the law enforcement right. program in the budget. Piece, right? Yeah, in the budget. Yeah. The, but both of those programs currently are underutilized. Mm-hmm. So you know there are if, if treating PTSD and mental illness is the the aim, then we have those tools available to us now. And then let's make sure that people can't take advantage of the system and make sure that they're diagnosed to a, a an accepted national standard. That was the minimum that we were asking for by way of that amendment. But uh, okay. we'll keep working. Uh, we'll work. That's right. With, we'll work with other members of the Judiciary Committee and with and with uh, Representative Pope to right. absolutely uh, to try and get that uh, amendment introduced at the full Judiciary. I also think um, Scott is worth noting that it is past um, crossover. So that yes. You know that the bill has a little bit harder time um, making it. Um, yeah, ne- neither of the PTSD, neither of the mental mental bills, either the Senate bill or the House bill, overwhelmingly overwhelming odds against either of them getting passed this year. Yeah. So uh, the, you know, come January they'll 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 start back in the in the place where they stopped the legislative That's process right. uh, this year. Uh, but uh, but we'll we'll keep working. We'll work over the summer and see if we can uh, see if we can make them better than they are already. Correct. Is that everything from last week? I mean, there were tons of things, Scott. But I don't want to bore. I, we we were grabbing a hold of some new listeners, and I just don't want to bore them. You know. You with, think so? You think with that, the details of all the all the good you know all the good stuff we do on a daily basis, all the conversations and the you, you know the you maneuvering so? and the strategy. I just think did, you might get bored. Uh, did we talk last week about uh, Erica Wright's success in uh, addressing the, the the naloxone? We issue did. I think. Fire department? Okay, I, I thought we did think, too. Well, I think we did. I, what I can report to you there is that we are working with one of our cities in particular, Myrtle Beach, who um, brought this issue to our attention. She is right. working with their 
fire officials right now to vet the program that uh, that we think is a potential solution to some of their issues in getting the lock zone at a reasonable price. So she's Wonderful. making progress there, and uh, and and we're we're happy about that. So. Um, That's fantastic. Well, we'll and keep, we'll Erica's also working on um, the ARP, the the money coming right. in and monitoring all the different phone calls and conference calls and information coming from Treasury. And um, I encourage everybody who's listening to please keep checking our website uh, maybe, you know, once a week, twice a week to make sure that you're not missing any updates to it. And just to brag a little bit about how the Municipal Association is sort of uh, a leader in in analyzing the ARP, uh, Senator Tim Scott has right. put a uh, reference to our the information on our website How about, about that? the ARP on his website. So All right. he is directing he is directing people uh, from his website to ours who have questions about the uh, American Rescue Plan. So yeah, Eric uh, has been working real nice. closely with um, Senator Scott's office. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Scott, are you? Um, I feel like we need a website reference. Um, I haven't heard that from you this time. Oh, yeah. oh, you could look at ARP information on it's a on the front page of our website, and you can find that at www.masc.sc. Great. Um, if there's nothing else that we need to talk about, we will be back next week with a full recap of the budget, uh, the Senate Finance version of the budget and anything else that happens on the floor of the House and Senate. I like to remind everybody every single time, continue to wear your mask. Uh, get your vaccine when it's your turn if you choose to do that. Wash your hands. Maintain a proper social distance from others. Stay home if you're sick. I just added that one. Um, did I say wash your hands? Yeah. Wash your hands um, and take care of yourself. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.